You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Cast Network. Got it it's so good. What's that? I got it in early there. You get to get it in early. I'm good with it, dude. So uh, my name is Joe Miller. I'm uh, the co-host of one of the of this year's show, right alongside my very good friend, one of my best friends in the whole world, the other co-host of this show, Jay Spencer King. Jay Spencer King. How are you? How how you how you dealing? How you how you feeling after it's been a couple weeks? Are you all up in your bag still? Or are you are you uh are you settled? I think I'm good. Really? I think I'm good. Every every time I talk about it now, it's like, you know, it's just more disappointment than it is like really anger or anything like that. It hasn't uh really ruined my week. Even yeah. last week, it was like, you know what? I, I had like a day or so, and then I was like, okay, I'm just over it. Yeah. Yeah, I um, there, there's a lot to be said for. I think I think I reconciled at some point when it was like we came a long way. Like we came from like five and five and six and six. Like there was it wasn't impossible, but it was highly improbable at one point that we were going to make the playoffs. I mean, this team did not look good. I mean, had they held on to Ken Ken Dorsey, I mean, we're probably having a different conversation even right now. Like there was no playoffs. We'd have been done probably for like a month, right? I mean, so there's a great deal of like. The season probably was not the success we wanted, but it was probably a success with what we were given. And I think I've reconciled it that way. So I'm no longer down in the dumps like last year, as we all know. Like I've said, we talked about it a hundred times. It took me months. And even when the season started, I was like, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> like I was just totally just like, this is dumb. Like, is this going to happen again? And it didn't. But yeah. I said on Code of Conduct, it's like, so when in, in the nineties, when they were going to the Super Bowl back to back to back to back, yeah. I was a I was a child. Like I was young. So I was born in eighty six. I don't hide it like some people do, like they try to right. act like, oh, I was like I was all in. No, you like, were a kid. Like, like everybody was at the uh, the greatest comeback yeah. of all time. Everybody was there. It's like, like oh, I was there. Uh, no, you, you weren't. You weren't. Not. But okay. But the thing is, like, I just couldn't imagine like that level of heartbreak because yeah, like AFC championship loss, then divisional round loss, divisional round loss, you know, to lose at home to the Bengals the way we did divisional round, you know, it just, so now this year I'm actually a little numb. It's like, Mm -hmm. it, like it took it at first I was upset, but I was more upset at like people yelled at me and it's okay. I accept it, (laughs) but I think I'm at this place where I'm just tired of, I'm like, I'm tired of McDermott. And, you know, I was a huge McDermott supporter. And for a long time, like, I'm like, you don't talk about me. He's been the most successful head coach 
since Marv Levy that Buffalo has seen. You don't get and and I can understand every argument for keeping Sean McDermott because I was on the side of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just at this point where it's like, I get it. Sean McDermott is a head coach that will win us the division and he'll get us to the divisional round. And it will look, you know, it the team will have success. If we do this every year, we're going to make the playoffs and win a division every year. I guarantee you they're going to fill stadiums up, sell jerseys. It's going to be great. It's going to be good competitive football. But I just I want to I want to win, man. Like I want I want a Super Bowl. So I'm just at that point now where I'm just I, I don't know. And that's what I was going to ask you before we went live. Oh. I'm like, you know, what's your perspective at this point? Like, where do you after after the loss now and after you can kind of go back and reflect on it? Yeah, yeah. Where do you stand when looking at how you feel about Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott either together as a as a tandem to lead this team still to the future or even separately? How do you feel about them going separate? And also, before you say, I just want to thank everybody. There was a few people in the comments that wished me a happy birthday. I just want to thank everybody, all the wishes on Twitter and everybody that reached out. And I just it was all love. I appreciate it. It was a really good day. Yep, I was actually going to address that as well. That those guys that they were in there wishing you happy birthday, and then welcome them uh, into the show. So, thank you to everybody that has uh, joined us. Uh, whether you are watching this live right now on YouTube, Twitter, or uh, Facebook, or you're consuming it later on some podcast platform, please like, please subscribe wherever you are. Hump that like, as we like to say here on Wednesday, uh, on for the Hump Day Hotline. But uh, to answer your question, you know, there, the the big conversation and the big the big punch back to the whole, you know, fire Sean McDermott piece was effectively, well, who are you going to get? Well, who are you going to get, right? Who's gonna, who are you going to get that's better? And the reality is, is you just don't know at that point in time when we were first having the conversation. Like, you don't know who's going to be available at the end of the season. You don't know what coordinators are going to potentially work out or not. There's a great deal of <laughs> the right quarterback kind of can have a tendency to make a head coach pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as that goes, we've seen that in the past. Um, you could strike gold with a guy like, Mike McDaniel, who never was an offensive quarter coordinator, never was a play caller, like, but goes to Miami and you can tell he's clearly got a gift for being a head coach and for play design and for play calling. Like he was a guy, he's a guy that's going to be successful in this league. Um, a guy like Dan Campbell, yada, yada, yada. Now all that to answer your question, you don't know who's going to, you don't know who's going to become available. The reality is this, and we've talked about it on this show. In the state of Ohio and in the state of Michigan, there's one game that's almost more important than the national championship game, and that is the Ohio versus Michigan game, the OSU versus Michigan game. And I've said this to people that are Bills fans before, and they don't believe me. I lived in Columbus for 13 years. When you are in that environment, the most important thing of the season is to beat the other team. You beat, If you're OSU, you beat Michigan. If you're Michigan, you beat OSU. And head coaches get fired if they don't beat the other team for three or four years. If we can't get past Jim Trestle, we're going to fire you until we find a guy that could get past Jim Trestle. And then when they find somebody, then OSU is like, well, you've only got so many shots to get past that guy before we fire you because that's the most important thing to them. All that to say this, how many times to your point, do we have to do this and lose to Andy Reid at this point in time, all things being equal, not that Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen are equal, but they're close. The reality is, is, Pat Mahomes has an edge up automatically because of Andy Reid. Andy Reid is probably the best coach in football right now and has been for the last several years. So who are you going to get? So if you get rid of McDermott, who are you going to get? I think Jim Harbaugh would have been pretty good. And I think if Jim Harbaugh would have been given the opportunity to coach Josh Allen. I'm just saying that could have, 
and and then it's 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 incredible how when you have these conversations like well who are you going to get and then when the coaching cycle starts everybody's like oh my god Jim Harbaugh oh my god and there's like three or four guys where everybody names and it's like this guy would have been fantastic it's like mm-hmm. well when we talked about this three months ago everybody wanted to say that it's foolish and again I get it because I was on the side of saying I'm no I'm sticking with McDermott but I'm just I just don't feel like he's that guy that's going to be able to get us to that next step man and I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great guy. I think there's a reason why, like, the players rallied around him after the, the Ty Dunn article, you know. So I, I think he's a good dude. So I'm not saying this with any malice in my heart. Love, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, with any malice in my heart. But I just don't think he's going to get us there. So I, I'm going back a couple months to my take when I said that the Bills need to find their Steve Kerr. And that's that's where I am. Yep. Yeah, I uh I- I can I can get behind and I can talk both sides up and down, right? So I can talk why we should keep McDermott and I can talk about yeah. the love and the change and the fact that he does pull the best out of a roster and look in what it, what he did this year with the defense and everything else. And I can talk the other side of it that, you know, in certain games, the defense is has been the problem, right? When, when it's come down to it outside of the, the Cincinnati game, which they were a problem, the whole team was a problem last year against Cincinnati at home. But the defense has let us down when we've needed it most as far as that goes in the playoffs. The defense is what's potentially kept us from advancing. Um, so I, I can talk both sides of it. I don't have the answer. I, not that you're looking for me to have the answer. Um, I don't I, I, yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, at this at this point, you've got to beat Andy Reid. And it, well, we can do it in the regular season. Well, in the playoffs, it's different. It's different in the playoffs, right? And I think I think that might be the difference. If the Bills were, what are we, three and four against the Chiefs right now, right? With McDermott and Josh Allen, three and four. Uh, if the Bills were one and six, oh and seven, I think I think there's a different conversation happening with Terry Pagula and, and Brandon Bean, I think, to that point. But the fact that we have beaten him in the regular season probably bodes more to his side like well we can beat them we just have to figure out how to get past them in the playoffs but dude they came in our house and uh, they didn't struggle they didn't have a single false start they didn't have a single offensive line penalty like they they didn't have any trouble like they just came in and and beat us can i i mean because yeah, it's been a couple weeks so i guess the, like the anger of it is gone but like how how um how upsetting of a call was it for you when demar hamlin got that fake punt the pro so yeah um and apologies again to everybody this is only my second show since since that loss and i didn't do my show obviously afterwards because i was going to do nothing but fill the airwaves with a bunch of negativity and there was just enough people talking that my voice didn't need to be heard um at that point in time um the problem that i had with it was i'm sitting there and it's like they shift and then waited and then the defense adjusted because they knew what was coming. It was the worst fake punt I've ever seen in my entire life. Like there was no surprise. There was no, like literally they shifted and then the snap came and then it was like, he's got the ball. Like there was, it was the worst. I was literally at that point. I was numb is the best word. When it happened, I was just like, Oh, here we are. Okay. Got it. Right. And then when Jordan made the play on, on the goal line yep. and we got the ball back, it still to me, it still wasn't it just didn't. I don't know. I just felt like drained at that point anyway from the punt and from. I would think for me, honest to God, 
one of the most egregious things of the day. And I see uh, my guy RJ in the comments asks how Matt Smiley still has a job. But mm-hmm. for me, it's also I'm sure it's it's a combination of Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. But the fact to keep Sam Martin active when you know when you knew that he could not punt. And I, and, and I have not been a fan of Matt Hack um, when he was on the team. I, I didn't think that. But I promise I thought he was a better option than a Sam Martin with a pulled hamstring. Yeah. When you have a guy that can't punt 20 yards down the field, you are limiting your oppor- or your options for anything that you can do against the defending Super Bowl champions right. at your house. That's right. And I just think it, it, like the the it I don't even know how much is being talked about to be honest cuz I've kind of taken a step back from talking about the Bills for a second mm-hmm. just to you know but it's like yeah, yeah. I feel like that's not being talked about enough because that that's the reason you call that DeMar Hamlin fake. Oh yeah. Because you can't pump the ball. And That's then right. you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes on a 35-yard line or because he can't punt, you try to punt, you give it back to him on a 45-yard line. <laughs> and I just, again, these are coaching things. Are coaching. And in the last game of the year, now it seems like every single year we go into these games and he makes these boneheaded coaching decisions. Yeah. So you want to blame 13 <laughs> seconds on the defense? So be it. Okay, you, you could blame it on Leslie Frazier. He's gone. I put it on the head coach. You want to blame – like. We can we can go back to all of the little moments that we talk mm-hmm. about the heartbreaks for the Bills, and it comes down to me to coaching decisions, mm-hmm. mismanagement of the clock, mismanagement of a, or like he always say execution and play calling. Okay, the execution of it. Your job as a coach is to get these guys prepared to mm-hmm. execute it mm-hmm. in those moments. And I'm sorry, I just that was a long ramble. No, nope, no, nope. you're the, the ramble on, ram, ram, ramble on as as a. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Frustrating, <laughs> as Robert Plant would sing. Um, no, it, uh, it it's I, I don't I don't have a problem with anything that you're saying. I don't know necessarily what the answer is. I think I said on I don't remember what show it was. I feel like nothing is going to change primarily because the last thing the Pagulas want is to move into a brand new stadium with the risk of a new head coach and a franchise that's now a 500 football team. And with Sean McDermott, they at least know they're not going to get that. With Sean McDermott, they know they're going to get the playoffs. And if you're moving into a brand new stadium, what do they have to do? They have to sell luxury boxes. They have to sell uh, season tickets, and they've got to sell uh, personal seat licenses. The most important thing they need, and let's be honest, as much as we as Bill's Mafia, even during the the 17-year the drought, there's the reality is, is we had a great season ticket holder base. And for the first four games that were at home of the season when it was warm and there was hope we were all there by December. The stadium wasn't full. It was, it was mostly full for a 72,000 seat stadium, but it wasn't completely full. And the last thing you're going to do is rock the boat and put yourself in a situation where all of a sudden we're seven and eight every year. And we got to sell $30,000 PSLs, you know, personal seat licenses. That's just, that's bad bad management of an of a billion dollar organization so that's probably part of it but again the bills probably didn't know either that jim harbaugh was going to be available so or bill belichick i mean i don't where would you be at a bill belichick you know you you move on from sean mcdermott and bill belichick is the head coach who knows how much power bill belichick would have wanted maybe he would have would have wanted less i can tell you this bill belichick uh and i'm not a fan of bill belichick per se i'm glad he's gone for new england but bill belichick 
thinks differently of Josh Allen than almost any other player in the NFL. And we've seen it from his embraces after football games to waiting outside of the locker room for Josh to come out to have conversations with him. No, like, no, he, he went into the locker room. Oh, he went into <laughs> to talk to Josh Allen. Yeah, he like, didn't wait. He went into the Bills locker room right at in Buffalo right. to what, talk what, to Josh Allen. That's what, crazy. Yeah. What Belichick thinks of Allen is is different than probably what he thinks of every other player in the NFL. So, and we're also talking about Belichick that can see talent. Now he's getting older, but I mean, Bill Belichick, John Fina tells a wonderful story about Bill Belichick when he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, wanted to have a personal, like one-on-one, just kind of like workout session with Bill and Bill watched him do a couple things. And then he was, he used a profanity uh, F and John was like, am I doing this wrong? And he's like, you're a first rounder which basically told Bill that he's not going to get a chance at drafting him. You're, F, mm-hmm. you're, a, first, you're a first rounder, right? And John was. <laughs> John was, I think, projected to go in the third or fourth round, and the Bills took him in the first round. So um, there was opportunities. There was guys out there that could potentially right come in. I, I here this is, this is where we are. And again, I, there's, I understand the, the arguments to keep him. I, I Everything you just said, they're about making sure that you're competing every year. Bruce says it all the time. Like, you know, it's about having a team that can consistently be good enough to have a chance to get lucky and win. So I get it. You know, we haven't had that one year of luck where it's been our time. But right. So I understand the luck aspect of it. Like, I get it. Like, you got to be healthy at the right time. You got to be clicking at the right time. Like, I get all of that. Mm hmm. But when you look at, for instance, this team, we didn't lose because, yeah, we had injuries. We were beat up. We didn't have Matt Milano all year since week four. And we didn't have, you know, we got beat up. Mm-hmm. But we didn't lose this game because we were injured. So no. the game against the Chiefs, we didn't lose because we were injured. We didn't lose because we had a, a bad offensive game um, plan. We didn't lose because the defense um really struggled again. I don't think they struggled. I think both teams kind of did what they had to do to kind of put it, put up enough points. I think we just had moments there that we didn't show up. And it yeah. seems like every year, everybody wants, not everybody in Buffalo, but everybody outside of Buffalo wants to put the blame on Josh Allen. And they want to talk about how bad he plays in certain moments and how he's this and how he's that. Josh Allen still does not have any turnover, like any interceptions like that. He's not out there throwing the ball over, turning it over 15 times a game in the playoffs. You you have a game where the the guy who's supposed to be and you know I love Diggs so mm-hmm. I'm saying this because I, I hold everybody else accountable. You got to say it too. You, you got a game where you got the best wide receiver on your team mm-hmm. drop a pass that hits him in the, in the, like on his bicep. Right, right. And that's not the only one. It's not just on Steph. There's several plays, but it wasn't Josh. And and it, it ticks me off because now you're going to look at this guy. We all these years we went. Since Jim Kelly, you know, we have moments of like inspiration. You know, you have your Doug Fluties come through and he gets people excited. You got your tie rod where you make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You got moments where you have some inspiration. But now you finally got Josh Allen. You got this franchise guy Mm -hmm. and you know how good he is. He's a unicorn. And I I just feel like I understand everything you're saying about the stadium and about. But you got this unicorn. And I just I hate the fact that I have this feeling that they're going to waste the prime of his career because they want to sell enough tickets in the damn stadium, man. And we can't get one super and we probably can. I don't want to sound too sure. negative about it or, you know, because sure. we, we we can still get it. But it's like three opportunities that I've felt like we really should, you know, the, the yeah. 20 year, that MVP yeah. runner up year. <laughs> yep. Um, 13 21. second year in this year. 
and it, I just if I'm if I'm overreacting, I get it. Tell me in the comments. I love y'all. I'm not taking anything personally today. I'm still in my feelings, but I just let me know if I'm wrong or even you, Joe. If you don't feel the nope. same, it's I, I told you I could argue it both ways. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against argue against you on that situation. Let's do this. Let's let's take the last couple minutes of the show and let's talk about the transition of both the offensive and the defensive coordinators. So, uh, and let's start with the defensive coordinators because Trey Williams says, I agree with coaching on the D-line 100%. And I'm just bringing this up. He said, massive investments, no show against top uh, top quarterbacks. The reason that I bring this one up, and we'll talk about the defensive coordinator first, is because Bobby Washington is gone, uh, who was the assistant head coach. I don't think he was the assistant to the head coach. He was the assistant head coach and right. defensive line coach. And he takes a job as the as the uh, defensive coordinator in Chicago. Um which to me at first I'm like, is that a promotion? Because he's the assistant head coach, so I'm not necessarily sure that that was a that that was a don't go. I, I, I maybe it's a promotion. Maybe somebody in the comment section knows if it's a promotion. Maybe you know if it's a promotion. But for me, it was almost like a don't go away, mad girl. Just go away, right? I, I like think he wants the opportunity to be able to call the the, the defense for once. And but he wasn't um, even the defensive coordinator here. I'm sorry. He wasn't even the defensive coordinator here. No, so that's he, what I'm saying. I think now he wants the opportunity to call, and I don't know how I don't know how much power he's going to be given out there in Chicago. But I think the opportunity to call his own plays is going to feel like you know. I, so because he could have been the defensive coordinator here, but I'm happy, and I know we're about to go there in the ne- in a second. I'm happy we got the guy we got a defensive yeah. coordinator. Like well, I was I don't, rooting. Is Matt Eberflus calling defensive plays out there? I don't even know. Well, I, mean, I don't, Matt, and that's why I said I don't know if if he's going to be calling. I don't know how much power he'll actually be given out there in Chicago. But, but in the, my mind, I'm thinking that you know, but the if, reality if you got to get rid of one of the two guys. I'm keeping. <laughs> yes, but 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 it's not it's not about getting it's not about getting rid of. Maybe he knew as well. Maybe they knew like, hey, look, we're giving this job to Bobby Babbage, Bobby Badge. Yeah. Like maybe 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 that was out, and he's like, well, if you're giving it to that guy who was the defensive backs coach a couple of years ago, and then you made him linebackers coach, and now you're making the defensive coordinator over me, so I'm getting passed over. Maybe that made him mad. We, we This is pure, 1,000% speculation. Have no idea. One thing we do know, though, is that defensive line underperforms and has for years. Under They, they have put more money, aside from Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs, they have put more money in that in that defensive that I say offensive line into that defensive line uh, than any other position group on the team at by a lot. Like, hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called "The Future of Work," where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking from the provocative to the technical we're offering insights you won't want to miss so tune in to the future of work a prop g pod special sponsored by canva you can find it on the prop g pod wherever you get your podcasts it's only a kick a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. 
Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dwarfs what the offensive line group get group gets. Mm-hmm. Like, dwarfs it. And they have not come in clutch when needed. Let's just go back to the playoff game. You've got two tackles on that Chiefs team that are, we talked about it, easily exposed, very easily should should have been taken advantage of. And there was barely a whisper. They didn't even sack him. They didn't even get to him. The only person that really had a decent play from that defensive line was Vaughn Miller, and it got called back on a penalty. Of all people, right? Right. Of all people. Like we've been talking about him. We've like we've been bashing him and stuff because he hasn't right. been showing up. Not you, but you know what I mean? We've yeah. been bashing people yeah. because and then the the most effort that you get in the playoff game is the guy that hasn't been showing up. Like the guy we've been giving love to, where was Ed Oliver? And I love him. We all love him. And we all talked about how he's outperformed the kind con- or at first it was like he shouldn't get the contract. And then he showed us you guys were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we need this, we need this in the playoffs, man. Yeah. So the question is, is did they move on from 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 uh, the D-line coach for that reason? Or did they move on? Like, I, I it's pure speculation. We don't know. I, I have I haven't seen a report or heard anything. Maybe somebody has on why Bobby Washington's gone. But uh, see, I wouldn't think it's that personally. I, I think, you know, the opportunity, I think for the opportunity for him to be a D coordinator, whether he's going to call the plays or not, probably. Um, I know you, the way you worded the question is like, well, is it a step up? I think the defensive coordinator position is looked at like, you know, it's that next step. Even though we have the assistant title, I feel like it's more title than it is an actual position. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I, I could be wrong. Well, that's just the vibe I get. Well, they they throw that label on people so that they won't leave, right? They throw that right. label And that's on what people. I'm saying. I feel yeah. like it's just that label, you know, but I right. feel like to actually be a defensive coordinator, I think it's – um. You know, I, I think I don't know. And again, none of us know. I just well, then let's let's transition to the thought. What are your thoughts around Bobby Babich and I him getting it. that expound? Give me give me give me a, a minute of thoughts on that. If you've got them, I, I just well, there's a couple things like when when you start to when people around the league have a certain respect for you mm-hmm. and you haven't made noise, he's not the kind of guy. Like he's not the kind of guy that's like on social media heavy. He's not the kind of guy with the personality where he's in everybody's face. Mm-hmm. He goes to work and his reputation is what we hear about. Mm-hmm. We hear about how every position group that he's played with, that position group has gotten better. When he got to the linebacker position, Matt Milano becomes an all pro. You mm-hmm. see what uh, Bernard did uh, when he w- was the, the safeties or the, the yep, yeah, he was the safeties coach. Yep. yep. Both. That year, we had two all-pro safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Yep. You know, he – I just – I love his work ethic. I love everything about him. Um, I think Terrell Dotson t- tweeted out something about, like, he's the best coach. Mm-hmm. Just he period. He's the best coach I've ever had. Yep. yep. So, again, you just – you start to hear about how everybody speaks about a guy, and mm-hmm. you can't help but want to keep him around. And I would have been very disappointed if we would have allowed that guy to go. And I know he interviewed with Green Bay, and I think – uh, somewhere else, Miami. He Did he go to, to Miami? Yeah, there was yeah the the, the uh, attention that he got oh, uh, was surprising. But he also, you know, he comes from a head from a coaching lineage, right? His dad yeah. was a coach, um, yeah. so he's got 
the DNA for it uh, as far as that goes. Um, I like it too. I, to me, this is probably the best choice. The question is, is who's going to continue calling the plays? So I think that would be the next question that I tee up for you, and I'll answer, answer it first. You know, do you want to see somebody like him calling plays? Or are you okay with Sean? I like Sean McDermott calling plays. I think that he settled in pretty well, and there's something to be said for what he said in one of his pressers, like when you're the head coach and the defensive coordinator, there's a a heaping ton more on your plate that you have to deal with, which I felt affected his ability to keep P's and Q's in order on special teams and on offense when Dorsey was here. Uh, But in game management, Andy Reid, there's so many guys that are calling plays as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. And it works. So I don't have a problem with Sean McDermott calling Shanahan. Like there's so many, so many head coaches that call that call the plays I think I'm I think I'm good with that. So if you can get a guy that's a great coach, that's a good schemer, that can like build players, which is what and develop players, which that's something that's been critical of the Buffalo Bills, not developing players. He has developed players, to your point about all the all pros. Uh, and then you keep McDermott calling plays. I'm in it. I mean, I'm here, I'm here for that, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I I don't have an issue at all with Sean McDermott uh calling the plays. I just wanted to keep Bobby in the building. <laughs> so, you know, give him that defensive coordinator position. Yes, and it's Eric Washington. My bad. I'm sorry, what? It's sorry, it, he corrected me on Eric Washington. Yes, I said Bobby. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, keep Bobby in the building and uh yeah. give him give him the position that that he needs. And I'm sure with that position, it's not like Okay, well, yeah, I'm still gonna just do whatever I was doing, and Sean is still technically the defensive coordinator. You're, he's gonna take some of that responsibility off mm-hmm. of Sean's plate. So even though it might not be game day calling, a lot of that work is gonna go off of Sean McDermott's plate, and then he'll be able to focus more on some of the things that we may have felt like Sean kind of lacked in this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm hopeful, man. Like I like I like to hire on both sides. I love the DC yeah. hire, but I also love the fact that we uh, kept Joe Brady. Flip it, yeah. Talk about it. You know, I I would have liked for the interview process to be a little bit wider, just to like just to really give people a good look on both sides. But the guys that we got and the guys that we kept, I'm I'm very very happy with. So I'm not complaining. I just I just feel like you know, hey, go all out and and actually interview some people. Bef- but yeah, to that point, before we talk about uh, Joe Brady getting this job, um, the Dolphins are interviewing and possibly hiring Leslie Frazier. Of yeah. which Miami Dolphins fans who are just filling up my timeline on Twitter for some reason. I have more Dolphins fans on my Twitter timeline than I do Bills fans. Um, they love this hire for a lot of reasons. And I think the biggest reason is he's going to know how to beat Josh Allen. And I'm not so sure about that. However, if we just assume that maybe he does know what Josh Allen hates, which I think we all do, pressure up the middle, constant pressure up the middle. Um, is there something to be said for Eric B Like, for offensive coordinator, is there something to be said for bringing in the guy that knows Pat Mahomes and knows how to beat them and and schemed for them? Right. I mean, to your point about interviewing somebody else, and I know that I mean, Bienemy didn't. I don't think he did bad in Washington, right? I mean, they had a for the the talent that they had and the team that they had. They were, I mean, they put up offensive points until things unraveled yeah. on them. I would I would absolutely love an Eric B enemy interview and hire out in Buffalo, but me too. Um, because I think you you put you see what he did with a talent like Patrick Mahomes, you put him with a talent like Josh Allen, and it's going to be fun to watch. And right. Um, and then I also think that people respect Eric B. I know you get other reports like Shady, um, said that he didn't like the way he talked to people and the way he treated certain players, but um, I think you also get other reports that 
I think Eric Bieniemy's presence, it doesn't sound like it now because they're back in the Super Bowl, but, you know, it, I think Eric Bieniemy's presence was missed in the early parts of the season. I think yeah. that they kind of struggled to kind of find themselves early on. And I think when you have a guy that can get in the quarterback's face, the superstar's face, and kind of know how to pull certain things out of them without it coming across in a way that yeah. would make the quarterback <clears throat> go into their shell, man, I think that that's something that I don't think that the Bills had. Dayball's gone. So I think that was part of the issue with Ken Dorsey is that I don't think I know as passionate as like the meme was when we saw him tear up the, yeah, yeah. the play calling booth. I still don't think Dorsey had that relationship with Josh to where he can like check him and like pull him, reel him in. Yeah. I, I certainly, I don't know how the relationship with Joe Brady is, but I remember we remember seeing Dayball in his face. Yeah. We remember that. So I think Josh kind of needed that for a bit, but I think now Josh has grown even more. That he, he, I don't think Josh necessarily needs that, yeah. but I, I, I think somebody like the enemy bringing that element to the offense would be great. I heard, I, I believe it was Steve Tasker. I heard Steve Tasker talking about the Ken Dorsey situation and role, and there's something to be said for what Dayball had the offense doing, and then the changes, the the, the thumbprint, right? We want to see Ken Dorsey's fingerprints on the offense, right? And there was something that, as far as the way that he, when he was putting his fingerprints on it. Steve Tasker was making it sound like, and I believe Josh may have uh, said, inferred it, reiterated it at some point during the season as well. But Steve was basically saying like they had to be perfect in order in order to to be successful on offense. The routes had to be run perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And Josh Allen and who who else said it? Uh, Greg Greg Cosell was on with John Fina and Jerry Ostrowski, if I'm not mistaken. And and he said that Josh is not a precision quarterback. He's not a Kurt Warner. He's not. A guy, and neither is Pat Mahomes, and neither like like he's not Dan Marino, who's going to stand in the pocket and pick you apart. He's like he's an off script guy. So you've got to build an offense around a dude that right now in his prime is going to be a little more off script and a little more comfortable playing a little bit of backyard football, which goes back to the Beasley situation, which then turns into the because Diggs runs routes that way too, where he knows how to work back to Josh and stuff like that, as did Emmanuel Sanders. And then they started putting guys around him where it's like, no, you run this route and you run the route this way, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, Josh is running, not running for his life, but he's running to his right. He's running to his left. He's coming up the middle. He's trying to find guys. Um, I just, I feel like that could have been part of it too, as far as just the way that Dorsey was trying to do it. Now the, the question is, is what the hell is Joe Brady going to bring to this offense? And that's what we don't know. There's been a lot of things as you listen to people talk and you read things that like Joe Brady's offense, as much as it looked more like the Josh Allen we remember, wasn't necessarily better than the Ken Dorsey offense. In fact, EPA and some other stuff like that, Bruce has talked about, like it's it was down. Like there was an there was certain metrics that it's like it seems better, but it's if you get into the numbers, it's not. Now clearly, I'm the first guy that says stats only matter until they don't, and I very much believe that. Um, but we're gonna find out, and I'm. I'm happy about the hire too. As much consistency as possible is always important. I feel like um, I loved. Do, surprised? Were you surprised hearing Sean McDermott say we don't have enough explosive plays and we should be passed first? Did that not blow your mind? It didn't at all. I I, I wasn't a fan of um, the way everybody was talking about him because he was a defensive quarter or a coach. You know, just because his background is in defense doesn't mean that he doesn't want his team to score. Yeah, because I, I feel like you know. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I just, I just feel like when you look at the way the team is constructed, you don't. And I know he's not the GM, but you don't go and get a Stefan Diggs. You know, you don't go and get a 
Like you don't go and get certain guys if you don't want your offense to be a certain way. Right. You know, if you wanted to be a, he would have built the same team Rex Ryan had. If he, you know, you want to be a bully defense running pound the ball. He, we would have, we would have traded for Derrick Henry. It would have, it would have happened. It wouldn't have been, you know, going to get Stefan Diggs. It would have been, Hey, let's go get whatever running back that we compare with Josh Allen, that we could be the best running offense in the league. And then Josh can make magic happen when he does. And that's that. No, they went and got him receivers. They went and got Cole Beasley in the slot because it was easier for Josh to throw the ball. John Brown, Stephon Dick. Like, you go and get guys that can create separation to throw the ball. I get it. We like to talk. In the media, we talk. So you got to drive a narrative when things are going bad. And Sean McDermott's the reason that the offenses struggle. No, Sean McDermott called defense. That was that's his job. He, I was I was on board with that though because of what we had seen in the past. So when you when you talk about this season and you talk about what they were trying to do, and we got to play complimentary football, we got to play complimentary football, and it's like, well, what isn't working here, right? Like, so so it seemed like that they were abandoning the run early on early on in the season with Ken Dorsey, yada yada yada. So it's like well, he wants. It seems like he's inferring that he wants to run the football. Then you go back to. What uh, the 19 season, the 2019 or 2020, can't remember exactly. It was when my show started and specifically the Browns game, the Browns game that we lost because they didn't. That's the one where uh, I believe Jordan missed an interception like he went to reach out and grab it and and just missed it. And we could have won like sealed the game right there. But the Bills were having a lot of success on the ground and Dable refused to run the ball in that football game and just kept passing the ball. And like McDermott and it had happened for several weeks and McDermott was like, we got to have a come to Jesus meeting. And then afterwards, like he said, we had a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> so we're, and sure enough, the bills came out and started running the ball a little bit more. So I felt like there was some, some legitimate, you know, things that held, held the sauce, right. As far as McDermott wanting to run the ball. And then he's like, yeah, we need to be more explosive and we need to be a pass first team. And I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> I don't know what to believe at this point. Cause that's not what I expected to hear from you at all. But what you just said, was heavy like if he wanted to be a run first team he'd have gone and got derrick henry and you're right he would have they would have made that trade right even for a rental just to see what happens yeah. let's go get this and, guy. and to your point because you mentioned you know like the stuff about you know with we know he had to come have to come to jesus talk and we're going to run the ball more and even talking about dorsey early you know his numbers versus like i think when you look at those first because we i think when we played against the raiders we blew them out the um the dolphins game i think factors into that so i think you have a couple games like in that first five week first six week period that might skew the stats in a way that make it look a little bit better because the games that that i don't think anybody was complaining about dorsey at all after the miami game right i think it was you know specific moments and, and key moments in the season where you're like why is the uh, the patriots game you know, when you look at that, I know we got fired after the Broncos game, but that Broncos game and you look at games like that and it's like, why why can we look like this against the Dolphins? But then like we do this. So I just think it, that was the, it, the inconsistency is what looks so different with Dorsey. Yeah. And then I think with Brady, the run game and the time of possession, those things for me were stats that I cared about and those improved like dramatically yeah, under Joe Brady. <clears throat> yeah. So it just I think it depends on what statistics you care about when you say because i agree with you stats don't matter until they do or or stats matter until they don't and it's like it depends on which ones you care about so for me i cared to see james cook kind of really become more of a factor and when joe brady took over to me 
they did. So I love it. I love yeah, it. The, and a perfect example of that phrase working is it worked all season long until the Chiefs game where we had the ball yeah. for almost twice as long and they it, but the defense couldn't stop them every single time but they got the football they, they didn't punt until the, the third game too though they didn't punt it, until the it third worked quarter in the Chiefs game you got to make a we, punt you, you got to make a punt and they couldn't stop them they couldn't make a, they made they punted twice in that game but but the, and this is this is where it gets weird for me the offense i feel like they let Josh down but the offense isn't the reason we lost the game agreed you know all oh, I was saying the defense. The defense has to make a punt. Yeah, no, the defense punt. had a huge part, and then special teams had a huge part. Huge and part. all year, I've been since you've known me, Joe. Since we've been doing Hump Day Hotline together, since I've I came on your show as a guest for the first time that we did anything together, I've been talking about how important special teams is, mm-hmm. and I, it's been a consistent thing. It's true. It's true. So and I would say this game. Yep, I would say let, let's uh, let's let's wrap this show up. But I I, I, I know think, I'm ready to stop talking about it too, man. I, 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 <laughs> I think that we are both thumbs up on both of those hires. I think that uh, yeah, we are excited sure, about sure. uh, Bobby Babich as well as Joe Brady. Um, really kind of excited, just as I was about Ken Dorsey, to see what you know Bobby can or uh, Joe Brady can do as far as putting his fingerprint and like a lot of his design and what he's going to do to make this offense better. I felt like to your point, you know, he was a little better at using the guys for what they were good at. Whereas it felt like Ken Dorsey more wanted to run a system. He wants to run, like, I want to run this system, uh, which is good. So should I read this? Uh, Whiskey says, I think teams are just better than Buffalo at coaching. Uh, the Bills coaches failed the franchise for three years straight. I'm for a head coach change. So and he's got uh, Keanu Reeves as Jesus. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Or is that Shane Falco? Could that have been Shane Falco from the... Uh, <laughs> from the replacements, which was on the other day. And of course I watched it. Uh, but uh, yeah. So any final thoughts before I get us out of here? No, if, if anybody that's listening or watching is going to be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, Woo-hoo. please. Uh, Buffalo rumblings, Stevie Johnson, we're going to be together uh, next Friday. So I want everybody to come out and hang with us. I did tweet it out. I will make sure that, um you know, we push it enough that you have all the details, but um, it's, it's a private address so when you register you'll get the address mm-hmm. so reach out to us on uh on any of the platforms at buffalo rumlins or at j spence the king and i'll make sure we get you that that information that's needed to participate but it's gonna be fun i hope i hope to see people in vegas man i know the bills aren't in it but it's gonna be a good time and and yeah. the nfl they know how to entertain and, and vegas is the city for it man it's yeah. gonna be a blast they, i think they should just they should just do the super bowl in vegas every year I think. every year every, just every year and the draft draft and super bowl vegas every i agree year. it's uh it's, it's the playground for adults uh line the game coming up after the show yes line the game awesome. coming up so everybody stick around uh 20 minutes 19 20 minutes uh line the game with jerry and sarah's coming up but uh Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. That over there is Jay Spencer King. For me, for James, uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.